trust is in the Lord today, say amen. Glad we can put our trust and our confidence in him, and he never fails. Amen? If you have your Bibles this morning, turn with me to Psalm 121. Psalm 121 will be our primary text this morning. We'll be looking at that together in just a few moments. Uh, We continue our series today and conclude it, really, our series uh, entitled Seasons. You might remember we first talked about the season of praise a couple of weeks ago, a season where... We just love God and praise Him because He has been so very good to us. We're living on the mountaintop, and and He has grown our faith. We've come through the trials, and He's brought us through, and He's answered prayer. And we're just kind of living on the mountain, giving God praise for how great He is and for all that He has done. And He's looked upon us with favor. And so it just comes naturally in this season where we've just watched God work so powerfully that praise just flows from from our lips. And not only flows from our lips, but it flows out of us into those around us, and we find find ourselves in that season easily able to encourage and try to help others and try to and try to encourage them through maybe a different season of life that they're going through but I love a season of praise if you do too say amen love when those seasons come. And last week we talked about a different season, that things can happen and and cause us to move into a season of sadness, a season uh, that comes when things happen to our lives that kind of catch us off guard and we are overcome with difficulty and hardship and struggle and, and sadness begins to fill our heart. And last week, you remember, we looked at Psalm 13 and how David dealt with a very sad season of life that, that he was living in. And even though there, there was a difficult season and even though he found found himself questioning God, remember, wondering how long, how long is this going to last, how long is this season going to go on, is it going to come to an end, and then he cried out to God and and asked God to look to him with favor and to bring an answer to him, and you remember, but even with all the sadness and and the hardship that he was facing, if you remember and were here last week, you know that he came to a point in his life where where, where he was able to say, but I trust in the Lord. I put my trust in him, in his unfailing love. I put my trust in him as my salvation and my deliverer, and I will sing through this season of sadness. And we talked about the fact that even when the time is sad, God is so very good. If you still believe that this morning, that God is good, say amen. I believe it too. And today I want to talk about a season that comes as we work through the season of sadness, and as we declare our trust in God, as he comes in the midst of our heartache and our pain, and he assures us in, that, in the midst of all of that that he is with us, and we begin to move into out of the season of sadness and into a season of anticipation. We begin to anticipate God to do what only God can do. We begin to anticipate for God to do what he promises that he will do. And we watch God begin to work once again because it's true, his love never fails. And he is our salvation and our deliverer and he's been faithful and we will begin to move into this new season of anticipation where we begin to believe that again about God. He will do what he promises. The season of anticipation. As most of you may know, I've been living in a season of sadness as I shared last week. In a lot of ways, in most ways, God has been very silent, but he's helped me so much as I would get up, prepare, first of all, and then get up to share God's word with you. In those moments, I felt him come underneath me and carry me and help me, and that's been going on for many, many weeks now. But he has been silent in a very difficult season, in a very dry time of my life. 
And this past week on Tuesday, um, knowing this about me as many of you have, um, this past Tuesday after last Sunday, I was making my way to a previously scheduled eye appointment at that time of year, and I'd made my way there. And after last week, in a lot of ways, last Sunday, a lot of ways, just things were very, still very heavy upon me, as you might imagine. And I was walking uh, into uh, the Vision Center that I go to and had gotten out of my truck, was walking in. Nobody was really around fairly early in the morning. And as I was making those steps in, I just felt this weight that was still there that I've been carrying for some time. And, and um, as I was walking in, I found myself walking. I'll just show you. This is how I was walking. I found myself walking in just like this. My head was down. I could feel the weight. Like, well, it wasn't intentional, and I didn't really realize it at the time, but I remember walking in. Can I be just honest, right, open with you today? Head down, and I was thinking, Lord, you're just going to have to get me through this eye appointment. Like, I didn't even want to go in. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't even know these people. I didn't want to talk to them. Isn't that terrible? Hey, Pastor, what's wrong with you? I'm walking in, my head down, and I was about, I don't know, maybe six steps from the front door, And in that moment, I felt the Spirit. As I was praying, Lord, I don't want to go in, and almost ready to turn around, I felt the Lord speak these words. Now, mind you, other than preparing for sermons, I've been crying out for God to speak and to help for quite some time and haven't felt like he's been speaking. And in that moment, I heard four words. Lift up your head. Lift up your head. That was it. But that was enough. No one will ever convince me it wasn't God through his spirit that spoke those words into my heart. Because honestly, I hadn't thought about how I was walking in. Like, it hadn't, I hadn't thought, I'm going to put my head down and walk like this, right? I didn't think about that. And it was only until I heard the words, lift up your head, that I realized, how am I walking? With my head down. Those four words that came to me. When I was just about ready to turn around and go back to my truck, God spoke. And then I sensed him say, you have nothing to be ashamed of. You have nothing to hang your head about. This season that you're in right now at some point will come to an end, but until it does, lift up your head. And then I began to think about what I was going to try to share with you today. Because you see, what those words mean is lift up your head because you have something to anticipate. You see, those are the words that invite us in from the season of sadness into the season of anticipation. Lift up your head because I have something I am going to do for you. And those are words of power as you think about it this morning. Lift up your head. This season is going to come to an end, but in the meantime, don't hang your head because I am with you. And for me and for you, those words usher in not only a new anticipation, but a peace that God is more than able to do just what he promises he will do. If you believe that, say amen. And this is how it begins. The words came to mind, and I'm going to get to Psalm 121. Just stick with me. Some words came to mind as I was finishing that eye appointment, leaving, driving on in here to the church. Some words came to mind from Psalm 3. 
Last week we talked about David in Psalm 13. A lot of times when we think about Scripture, we tend, in our minds at least, to look at it chronologically. And so we would assume that Psalm 3 would happen before the writings in Psalm 13, but that's not the case. Psalm 3 actually takes place very late in David's life. If you know about David and what all he went through very late in his life, his son Absalom um, came against him very hard, won the favor of the people. David had to flee for his life from Jerusalem. And as David fled away and as Absalom, his son, was trying to chase after him and take his father's life, David would write these words in Psalm 3. Oh, Lord, how many are my foes? Remember, here's David. Late in his life now, another season of sadness has come. How many are, are my foes? How many rise up against me? Many are saying of me, God will not deliver him. Selah just simply means pause. David pauses here. And as I told you last week, I think there are times when these writers just kind of step back. They write a little bit. They step back. They think. They reflect. But then you see in verse 3, another great word there we talked about last week, but, hey, many of my foes, many rise up against me, many say God's not going to help, God's not going to deliver, but you are a shield around me, O Lord. You bestow glory on me, and, you see what it says? And you, and, and you lift up my head. God brought that scripture to me this week, and I began to think about that, those words. You're a shield around me, you bestow glory upon me. And you lift up my head. David's head was down, no doubt, in verses 1 and 2, right? Think about his writing. How many of our foes, how many ride up, rise up against me? God's not going to deliver. I mean, I don't know about you, but I've been writing that with my head down, right? But maybe God spoke to him. Isn't it awesome to think that God could have spoke to David that day just as he did to me? He said, David, lift up your head, my brother. Lift up your head, my brother. Begin to anticipate the fact that I'm going to work. I don't know if he did, but I believe that the Spirit spoke it because David wrote it. Lift up your head. Psalm 121, we don't know who penned these words, honestly. We don't know for sure, but it's a psalm known as a psalm of ascent. We'll talk more about that. You're familiar with it. You know this psalm, Psalm 121. I'm going to make a point to you this morning, or try to, that I believe is true. I will lift up my eyes to the hills. You can't lift up your eyes without lifting up your head. You can't do it. Try it. It's difficult. I will lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor, your, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. Beautiful psalm. Amen? Beautiful psalm. Psalm of ascent. This would have been a... Actually, words that were sung by people as they would begin to make their way up to Jerusalem to worship. A journey. Not like a trip that we made to hurry in this morning and then go back home in just a few hours, right? But this was a journey that they would make to Jerusalem. For many of them, it would take many days to make their way up 
to the great city for worship. And they didn't go, to, go up to Jerusalem. They never, they never spoke of it as we're going up to a service, but they would go up for a season of worship. Their worship would be many days there as they would go and gather. And they would make their way up along the way. They would begin to prepare their hearts and minds for worship. And one of the ways they would begin to prepare their hearts and minds is they would begin to sing these psalms together. They begin to sing these psalms to help them to begin to focus and put their eyes on the one that they would be worshiping as they made this 2,300-foot climb up to Jerusalem. I'll stop for just a second and say this. Isn't it an awesome thought to think that we can prepare our hearts and minds long before we ever enter into this sanctuary? Think about it. That's what they would do. How have you prepared yourself to come into the presence of God today? Ask that question this morning. Have you prepared your heart? Have you prepared your mind? Have you gotten ready to be in the presence of God this morning in a fresh way with the other believers? They prepared by singing these psalms. And they're singing. Think about this. Hear them. I will lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and Earth. Did I put that on the screen, on the screen Daryl? Is that, on a, is that scripture? Can you pop that up there? Would you read, read these verses with me? I don't know we're not going to sing it this morning, right? Why don't we read it together? Will you do that with me? I will lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven. Something happens when a group of people begin together to sing, Right? Some of you probably sing on your own in the car, driving down the road. I know Kendra, man, she, I, I don't need a ring doorbell to know my daughter's coming home because I can hear the radio and her singing from about a half a mile from the house. She loves to sing. Some of you love to sing on your home, but can I, can I tell you this morning that there is no place that I would rather sing than when I'm singing with a congregation of believers, lifting up the name of Jesus. Think about that. That's what they would have been doing, lifting up the name of Jesus. And they were saying this, I will lift my eyes to the hills. In other words, I'm going to lift up my head. You think these people had problems? You think they had circumstances beyond their control? I mean, they were people just exactly like us, right? I mean, they were going through it too. And yet as they would begin to make this journey and begin to make their way up and begin to sing, their eyes and their head would begin to lift and they would be reminded that God is in control. But the reality is so much of the time we spend time with our head down and our eyes down, overcome with what's taking place in our lives. I was thinking about I was thinking about lifting our head. I thought about basketball. In a basketball team, a team can choose to play a full-court defense, full-court press. You probably, maybe some of you are familiar with it. But choose, a team can choose to play this full-court press where the defensive team, all the way, all full, the full length of the court, they're defending the basketball. And what can happen when, when a full-court press happens, the people who handle the basketball have to be very careful to try to get it over the center court line in 10 seconds or it's a violation. And so what can happen, the ball is passed in, and they can choose to do a couple of things, the wrong way and the right way. And there's some, like, basketball gurus in here, so I hope I get this right today. But I've seen basketball enough and played basketball enough that, that the tendency is to begin to dribble like this with your head down. And a lot of times what will happen is they'll make their way over and get trapped on the side just like this with their head down. But the right way to handle the basketball. The right way when the pressure is on to do it is to have your head up and dribble the basketball and be looking to the center of the floor to make that pass before you're trapped, just like you see in the picture there. You see, it makes all the difference when the heat is on 
if our head is up and looking in the right direction. The biggest mistake we can make is to have our head down. May God lift up our head this morning as we move into a season of anticipation, believing that God is going to work. I want you to see some things about God here in this scripture that can help us today as we, as we lift up our head. The first thing I want you to see is he's the God, verse two, who made you. My help comes from the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. He's the maker of all things. Our God is a creator God and the maker of all things. He made the world in which we live, therefore he understands everything that's contained therein. He's fully aware of the problems and the circumstances that we face. He understands them. He's not perplexed by them. Aren't you glad for that? You never see God in this position like, I wonder what I'm going to do. Like we get there. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what I'm going to do. God never is perplexed by what we're going through. He's not surprised, not taking off, taken off guard. Now just think about the reality of the fact that not only did he create the heavens, but he also created you. As I held little Millie this morning, I thought about that truth. What a beautiful creation of God. And as I look out at you today, you know what I think? I'm surrounded by the beauty of our God. God created you. God loves you this morning. If you're thankful that you are a creation of the Almighty, would you say amen? He created you. He loves you. He cares about his creation. He cares about the big problems. He cares about the small, minute details. Some of you came in today with things that you're carrying that are big to you, but if you know if you shared it with anybody else, they'd probably think it was no big deal. It's a big deal to you. Guess what? It's a big deal to God. He cares about it today. The creator God that we lift our eyes to not only cares about all we care about, but he's also more than able to supply our need to be complete and whole. Isn't the name of Jesus wonderful? And we declared all these things about our God this morning as we sang that song. He's able this morning to make us whole and complete in every area of our life as we look to him. Alan Goldberg, in his book, shares that when he was a missionary in the Philippines, he vacationed with his family in a city um, in the northern mountains. And he said while there, they visited the St. Louis Silver School. And it's in this school that they, that they train um, young craftsmen um, to be silversmiths. And he said while they were there, they were admiring just the amazing craftsmanship and workmanship that was being trained. I mean, he just, said, he just went on and on about how wonderful that it was. And he said, as we were leaving, he said they had lots of things for sale, not many things he could afford, but lots of things for sale. And he said he wanted to take something with him, and so he bought a small money clip that had been very, um, very neatly detailed, uh, really ornate. And he said, um, I carried that clip for 24 years. He carried that money clip in his pocket. And he said one day he was going to slide a couple of bills in, and that money clip broke in two. And he, he thought, you know what, I'm going to hang on to that because one of these days I'm going back to the Philippines. And when I do, I'm going to see if I can get that fixed because it meant so much to him. And so he finally got back one, that one day in the future and he went to that silver school once again. 
And, and he uh, walked in, and he walked up to one of the workmen there, and he said, um, could you help me? And he said, I can, I can try. And he explained the predicament, had the two pieces in his hands. And after the, examining the pieces for a couple of minutes or so, he looked up, the man that was there did, and he said, I designed this clip. He said, I designed it. I was the only one to ever make this design that you have. He said, I made all that were ever made. Alan said, can you fix it? He said, I designed it, I made it, of course I can fix it. And he said, the man took the pieces and it wasn't long, he, he brought it back and it was made new again. As I thought about that, I thought, be reminded this morning that God made you, that God designed you, and that no matter what you face or, going through, or are going through today, God can fix the situation. If you believe that, say amen this morning. No matter the brokenness or the hurt or the pain, our maker is our mender. He is more than able to help. I don't always understand his plan. I don't always understand the timing, as you are the same, I'm sure. But I'll never doubt in his ability. He is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond anything we can ask or imagine. If you're thankful for that, say amen. As we begin to lean into this season of anticipation, we find no, new hope in a God who made us but we also lift our head in anticipation and see that God watches over us. Verse three, he will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. God is constantly aware of us. If you're glad for that, say amen. He is constantly aware of you. He knows what is taking place in your life 24-7. There is not a moment that goes by that God is not there to understand and know what you're facing and to supply your need. The other places that we look for help, and aren't we guilty a lot of times of looking to a lot of other places for help besides God? The other places that we look for help, uh, they're more like this. if it works. Barney? Barney? in the morning. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Come on, Barney. Mm. We got a long drive ahead of us. Mm -hmm. Up you go. Mm. For heaven's sakes, Barney, will you wake up? Yeah, I'm awake. <laughs> <laughs> Barney. Barney. Mm. Barney. Mm. Barney, listen. Uh. Barney. Uh. Barney. Uh. Will you listen to me? <laughs> It's four o'clock in the morning, and we got to get going up in the mountains. <laughs> Boy, you sure are a hard one to wake up. Will you wake up? Oh, okay. <laughs> wake up! 
all you gotta do is just numb up. <laughs> Had to get another one in, you know. Great example, though, of many of the other places that we look to for help. We go a lot of different places. We look a lot of different places to help us. And the help, if any, is very short-term. And often is not have our eyes on us whatsoever. But think about the truth this morning. God never sleeps. He never slumbers. He knows exactly what's going on in your life, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Have you ever thought about this? If you're up at night worrying, he's up at night. All we have to do is lift our heart to him. Amen? He never sleeps. He never slumbers. He watches over us. Verse 3, he will never let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. He never goes off duty. He's always watching over you. No holidays, no shutdowns, right? No updates, none of that. He cares. I was re reminded this week of a situation or a story that I heard that reminded me that God is just constantly aware of our need, just constantly. Um, a friend of mine shared this story with me. He said that things were really tight for them financially a while back, and and uh, back to back to back. You know how things come, right? It's like they got hit by one thing and then another thing and then another thing. I mean, it's just back to back to back things were happening. And, um, and that's how it was for him, unexpected things. And he said, I was concerned that I wasn't going to be able to keep up with the things that I, the, the, the um, uh, bills that I had coming in and including my tithe. He said, I just didn't know how I was going to get it all done. He said, I prayed sincerely because I knew that God could help provide, but, but I really needed uh, five, about $500 to make everything come together that month. And he said, I went to work later that morning, and he said, I got there, and they told me, after a few hours they were working in things, they told him that a lady in the business office wanted to see me. And he said, oh, this is never good, you know. And so uh, he said, this will be number four. Because isn't that how we think, right? This will be number four. And so he said he made his way to the business office, and and got in there and sat down, and she said, hey, I just had a question for you. Did you cancel your AFLAC policy a couple of years ago? And he said, yes. She said, did you know that we've still been taking $5 a week out of your check for the last two years? He said, uh, no, I didn't know that. And then he said, I just started laughing. Because he said, I couldn't do math that fast in my head. But she said, in a few seconds, she slid across the check to him for $520. $520. The Lord never slumbers or sleeps. If you've had God provide for you, I'll just say this. If you've had God provide for you financially in ways similar to that before, would you say amen? Aren't you glad he never sleeps, that he understands, that he answers prayer? When we look to him, we put him first. When we do what he's called us to do, that he will provide for us. Psalm 139 says from the message, Is there any place I can go to avoid your spirit, to be out of your sight, if I climb to the sky, you're there. If I go underground, you're there. If I flew on the morning's wings to the far western horizon, you'd find me in a minute, for you're already there waiting for me. Just remind you that in this season, as we move into the season of anticipation, be reminded today that God is watching over you. Aren't you glad for that? He cares. But we also need to lift our head as we enter into the season of, page, of anticipation and see that he's the God that walks with us. Verse 5 said, The Lord watches over you. The Lord is a shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon 
by night. I was reading this as, as I was studying and preparing for um, this message this morning. I was reading, and I just found this to be really neat, as I was reading about um, what it would have been like for them to travel um, from wherever they lived to make their way up to Jerusalem. And one of the things that I read was that as they would make their way up to Jerusalem, that often it was a very hot and sunny time. And if you've ever been to Israel, you know what a desert region that is and kind of dry making your way up through there. And the, the sun would pound down, the heat would be on. And the, and the, and the leader of the house the father, he would often make his way, stand in the way of the son to create shade behind him for his family that was coming and following behind him. I just thought it was a neat thought to think that he would be so intentional to provide a shady spot for his family to follow. Maybe you've had it happen before, but the sun is gleaming in and somebody, and you're trying to talk to somebody and you're kind of looking into that and somebody's just kind enough to make their shadow so that you can actually look at them and shadow the sun um, from them. That's the kind of thing that I'm talking about this morning. What a beautiful thought that God cares for us the same way. He's our shade in the heat of the day. When the heat is on in our lives and the temperature of our day continues to rise above what we think we can handle, God can be, wants to be, promises to be our shade. Aren't you thankful for that? In the moment that we need him, he's that shady spot because he desires to walk with us. My dad is um, soon to be 83 years old. <clears throat> About 10 years ago, when he was still driving, he called me one day, and we were talking on the phone. He was sharing with me a little bit about his day, and he said, he told me he was out the day before he'd been driving, and um, he had a flat tire on the road. And he said, as soon as I heard the, the tire, he said, I knew what happened. He said, immediately I looked up the road for a shady spot in the road. He said, I looked for some shade. He said, I saw some shade just ahead, so I kind of aimed toward that. I got to this shady spot, and I pulled over. He said, I realized that when I got out, I realized I'd never had the tire out of that car before, or the jack or anything. He said, I can't see too well anymore. He said, I knew it was going to be a struggle for me. This is my dad. My dad's been a farmer all his life, worked on tractors, changed tires his whole life. He said, I knew this was going to be a struggle. He said, I started to try to change that tire there in the road, and I was really struggling. He said, Brian, I've never needed help changing a tire before, but this day I needed help. And I can tell you that's true because my dad's one of those guys that if you had a flat tire and he saw you, he'd stop. Right, Nathan? Like he would stop on the road. didn't matter who you were. He was there. But he said, this day, I needed help. He said, just then I looked up and an Indianapolis policeman pulled up behind me and began changing my tire to get me going. And my dad on the phone that day was giving God all the praise for that. For being the God that would go before him and know exactly what he needed and would provide for him. Now listen to me this morning. In 73 years, my dad had been able to deal with many flat tires on his own never needed help. In fact, as I said, he would often stop and help others, but on this day, he came to a place in his life where he needed help. And God not only provided the shade, but he provided all that he needed. I want to remind you this morning that we serve a God who walks with us. He knows what we need, he walks beside us, and promised us to provide all the help that we need. And in this season of anticipation, we can begin to find fresh hope, knowing that he really is walking with us. He made you, he watches over you, he walks with you. But as we lift our head, as we enter into a season of anticipation, I want you to realize that he also protects you. The Lord will keep you from all harm. 
He'll watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forever, forevermore. Day and night, God is your protector. If you've experienced God as your protector, say amen. He is our protector. He's our shelter, our strong tower. He's a place we can run to when the enemy is waging war against us. When things look hard, when things even seem impossible, it's our God who is there. When we're afraid to take another step, when we don't know where to turn, he's our protector. We can lift up our head and keep looking to him. Don't let your head hang low. It's been kind of my lesson for the week. Don't let your head hang low. I will keep you, God says, and protect you. Just keep trusting and I'm going to see you through. The same way we need protection from the things that we face. The same way that David needed protection from a very real enemy that was chasing him. There's times when we even need protection from things that are just a charade. Do you realize that the enemy tries to throw, just lack of a better term, make charades all around you to try to bring fear into your life? He gets us worried about all kinds of what ifs and what could happens and everything else and we find ourselves running in circle instead of realizing that our God is a protector who will keep us safe no matter what we face. I thought about that. Uh, I thought about how so often the enemy tries to do that. Worry and fear from a thousand places. Kendra, when she was very little, we would go to take the kids a lot to amusement parks. Her brothers were older, and so they would kind of take off by themselves, but she would go with Michelle and I, and we would walk around. And one of the things that I like to do was a lot of times you would see these people dressed up in character, right? You know, when you go to the amusement parks, depending on where you are, they're dressed up in these, in these full, you know, body things, and they look great, and they're smiling and happy and waving. And so, you know, as a dad, you do what dads do, and you try to encourage your child to, you know, make friends. Well, Kendra didn't like them at all, to be honest. Um, as I would, you know, take her hand, and we'd be like, it's okay, honey, you know, come over here. They want to say hi to you, you know, and you'd take her over there, and she would just scream bloody murder. I mean, it was horrible. She would just go crazy, you know. And, of course, as a good dad, I would say, it's okay, and then shove her into their hands, right? Actually, that's pretty true, but what would happen is we thought that that might help break her of that, but even as she got older, it was the same way, and we would be just walking through an amusement park even as she was seven, eight, nine years old, and if one of those, she would see them coming, I mean, she would just beeline it to me, you know, and, and, she, and I had to put all my arm around her, and we would just have to walk the other way. She saw Dad as her protector, and I tried to explain to her, hey, there's nothing to fear, and that's what I would tell her in those moments. In fact, if you go to an amusement park with her today, you better just know that that's still the case. Um, that's not really true. <laughs> oh, it is, she says. There's a lot of things that happen to us that there's no reason to fear, and yet we find ourselves fearing. But here's the reality. No matter if it's something that we have no need to fear, or something that is very dangerous, guess who's always our protector? Guess all, where there's always a place that we can run. We can always run to the Lord for the protection that we need. So whatever is bringing fear into your life today, whatever is causing you to have anxiety and worry and cause your head to hang low, whatever has brought you into this season of sadness, whether real or perceived, I want you to know today that you serve a God who promises to protect you. 
And all you have to do is lift your head and run to him. So let me ask you this morning, where does your help come from? Where does your help come from? Leave here today answering the question the way the psalmist did. You remember how he answered it? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Is that where your help is coming from today? from the Lord? Are you putting your trust and your confidence in him? Are you beginning to anticipate what God is going to do? If you find yourself in a season of sadness, I pray that it will quickly move to a season of anticipation, allowing God to lift up your head and to see him in new and fresh ways as a God who made you, who watches over you, who walks with you, and who protects you. Look up and look forward. I'm thankful today that the Spirit is still speaking to our hearts. Let me say this again. I'm thankful today that the Spirit is still speaking to our hearts. Amen? I'm glad today for the way that the Spirit speaks to me when I'm right here. Aren't you? It's just special how the Lord moves and speaks and affirms and, and helps to, us to lay those things down. But can I just tell you today, I'm also glad that when we're walking on a Tuesday morning in the middle of the week into Walmart that the Spirit can still speak to us. We just have to have a heart that's open and willing to receive that. My prayer all week has been, Lord, would you speak to us today? As we turn our eyes upon you, as we desire to hear from you in fresh ways, as we're trying to maybe, for some of us, move from this season of sadness, and, and for some of you, I know it's been a long season, to a season of anticipation. Lord, as we turn our eyes upon you, would you speak in a fresh way today? That's been my prayer. So I'd like for you to stand with me this morning and close your eyes. And normally in this moment, I would say bow your head. Bowing our head, you see, in these moments is a sign of reverence before God, and so that's normally what we do. But today, I felt the Spirit speak to me this morning and say, at the end of the message, close your eyes, but lift your head. So would you join me today in closing your eyes to block out everything around you and lifting your head. And as your eyes are closed and your head is lifted today, I want you to see that great shepherd that we sung about this morning. See, sometimes, folks, we need a fresh glimpse of Jesus Christ himself. And so my prayer is today that as our eyes are closed and our head is uplifted to the one who is the maker of heaven and earth, who will not let your foot slip, who will watch over you and provide all that you need as our head is lifted to him this morning, may he speak to us and may we be obedient to him. The altars are open this morning and Maybe you just need to come and call out today. In your sadness and your pain and your heartache, you just need to come and say, God, I need you, oh, I need you. For others, maybe you need to come today and say, Lord, I'm looking for help and I've been looking in the wrong spots, but my help comes from you, Lord. I pray that you would work and you can fill it in from there, but just call out to him. The outside two altars this morning are places you can come where we're just going to leave you so that you can pray and just spend your quiet time with God. The inside two are places you can come and we'll gather around you and pray for you. But I just want you to feel free to come this morning as your heads are lifted 
as you're looking forward to what God might do in your life, today is the day to hear from Him. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful for Your presence throughout this morning. Lord, You're all we need today. Help us to seek You and desire You more than anything else, Lord. And help us to come to You this morning and ask whatever we will. And we know, Lord God, You're able to answer. So help us to be obedient to Your Spirit just now, we pray. As Your heads are up, as Your eyes are closed, would You come this morning? Would You seek the Lord? Would You be obedient to His Spirit today? as Nathan sings.